Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We are going to uh, wrap up this series we've been in called Coded. We've been talking about the fact that uh, the, the, the third principality that so many of us are enslaved by is hopelessness. You will remember back in the first uh, series that we used to combat hopelessness in the series called Heart Attacks, I mentioned to you that Paul makes a demand on us and says that we should be people that are overflowing with hope. And I've also mentioned to you that because of the fact that the enemy knows that we're supposed to be full of hope, that he attacks our hope, and therefore what I've discovered is I find so many believers, those that name the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior, who are not hopeful, they're hopeless. And you can see it by how they live their life. But Paul says that we should live up to the one that we follow. And he is the God of all hope, and therefore we should overflow with hope. And so... In the first series, we talked about the danger of hopelessness. In this series, we've been talking about the, or trying to answer this question. Why should we be full of hope? Well, we said you should be full of hope because of God's preference over you. You are his favorite. He is for you. He is working for you. He has your best interest at heart. He loves you. You are preferred by him. And then we said, not only are you preferred by him, you are coated with his presence. And I love this because how many of you know there are days when you do not, you can't hardly find his preference in your life? But how many of you know that when you can't find his preference, it's really good to know that you can find his presence? So that if you make your bed in hell, he's there. If you make your bed in heaven, he's there. He, he is always with us. That is a great gift that he gives us. And then last week, Pastor Woody talked about the fact that we are coded with pardon or forgiveness. And therefore, we forgive others. And so God is, is in, in us. And so because he's forgiven us of so much, we in turn look at those around us and we forgive them. And, and we're coded. Well, this morning I want to wrap this up and I want us to revisit this story, the account of Joseph one more time. And uh, we're going to talk about the last coding. I could probably break it up into two codings. I'm going to do it all as one and I'll let you discern the difference. But I just want to read two verses of Scripture to you that when I read them to you, you may go, well, how does this apply to us? And let's see if I can make this work this morning for you. Genesis chapter 41, I want to read to you. Uh, I guess it would technically be three verses, verse 50, verse 51, and verse 52. Genesis chapter 41, verses 50 through 52 says this. Joseph had two sons born to him before the years of famine came. And Asnath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On, was their mother. Now listen to what happens. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, which uh, literally means forget. And he says this. He names him Manasseh, saying, God made me forget all my hardships and my parental home. He named his second son Ephraim, which literally means double prosperity. And he says this, he names him Ephraim, saying, God has prospered me in the land of my sorrow. Powerful passage of Scripture. I want you to notice that although Joseph 
has experienced promotion and now finds himself in a position of prominence and power. You know the account. Uh, he he um, discerns and deciphers the Pharaoh's dreams. So he is promoted to be the second command of all of Egypt. And he says there's going to be famine. So he's in this position. In fact, if you go back and read a few verses earlier, Pharaoh says to him, I'm going to give everything to you. Everything will be under your control. Everything will be under your power. Whatever you say goes. That's how much I trust you. So he's in this position of power, and he's in a position of prominence. I want you to understand that. But I also want you to know that even though he's in this position of power and prominence, and even in a position of prosperity, he's very honest about what it took to get there. I want you to notice that he's honest about the circumstances and the experiences of his life. And he names his sons. And in the names that he gives his sons, there is a very authentic description of what he has endured. And he says it like this. Manasseh is my firstborn. And I'm going to name him Manasseh because God has allowed me to forget the hardships that I've gone through. So he's very honest about what he's gone through. This has not been an easy journey. It never is, is it? Is life ever an easy journey? Anybody always dancing, tiptoeing through the tulips of life? It's just a cakewalk. Anybody in here, come see me, and and I'll deal with you later, and I'll make sure today's not as easy as yesterday. Okay. No, I'm glad for you, but that's not most of our account. Most of our accounts is that life has hardships, right? Am I the only one? Okay, I didn't think I was. So he's endured hardships. And then he says, I'm going to name my second son Ephraim, which means God has made me doubly fruitful or prosperous in the land of what? My sorrow. And so what I want to show you this morning is that Joseph was not one of these guys that refused to admit that he'd ever had a bad day. Have you ever met those people that never seem like they have a bad day? And when you ask them if they've ever had a bad day, they lie. Doesn't make you want to do things mean to them. Doesn't it make you just like want to key their car and, okay, not y'all. Y'all are not carnal enough. I know y'all are holy. But these people come into our lives that seem like they never had a bad day. He wasn't like that. He, he was willing to admit, I've been through some hard times. I've been through some sorrow. It wasn't like the perspective. Pastor Woody talked about having perspective last week. It's not like that he had this perspective that was rooted or wrapped up in fantasy. His perspective was literally birthed. In reality, he understood that there were some hard times and some sorrow that he went through. And even though it turned out for his good, he even says that. Everything that the enemy meant for harm, God meant for good. Remember, he says that. But he recognized that even though everything turned out for good, it was still difficult. He was honest. He was transparent. I, I just want to say to you that, that uh, even though it, it turned out for his, go- his good, he was honest about the price that he had to pay to get to the level he was living. And I just want to say to some of you, some of you would do much better in life if you would just be honest enough to admit you've been through some hard stuff. Because you don't want anybody to know, and so you fake it, hoping nobody will ever discern the fact that you've been through some hard stuff. It's not like we can't tell. I mean, look at you. Uh, You're scarred up. You're limping through life, barely making it, but you don't want anybody to know because you want us to all think you glow in the dark, but we know the truth, and you would be better off if you would admit the truth, which is you've been through some hard times. Now, the reason that is important is because being coated does not mean that we sugarcoat what we've lived through. 
it, it does not, it, 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 it means that we go through what we go through knowing that what we go through produces anointing in our life. In fact, I want to say it like this. This is free. You don't have to write this down. I just need you to learn this. We've talked about this before, but I want to reiterate it to you this morning. Pain produces power. Pain produces power. And you will never have the level of power if you continue to deny the pain that was required to produce the power that you have. You've got to admit there are hard times. They made me who I am. But at the same time, I want you to notice and learn from what Joseph teaches us because even though he acknowledges the hardship and the sorrow that he's gone through, he acknowledges the pain without wallowing in the pain. And he does not become paralyzed by the pain. He says that he's been in a land of hardship and he's experienced sorrow. But God, he says, although I've gone through these painful things, I also want you to understand, even though I'm being honest about what I've been through, I also want to be honest about what has been produced by this because now I have clear perspective. I understand that even though I went through the tough things, now on this side I can look back and say, but God has done two things for me. He's helped me to forget, and he's helped me to be fruitful. Okay, so here's where we're going to spend our time this morning. I want to submit to you that, that Joseph was full of hope because Joseph was coated with forgetfulness. Now, that makes some of us feel really good, especially the older we get. But that's a different kind of forgetfulness. Okay, I was wondering if you'd catch that or not. Uh, one version, when you read it, it says this. God hath enabled me to forget. I, I need you to get this this morning. I need you to understand that I believe that many of us lose hope simply because we will not let God make us forget or enable us to forget what we've been through. I'm preaching right now. I, I am concerned that what many of us have done in our walk with Christ, unintentionally perhaps, or maybe what we went through was too incredibly painful, at least we thought, that what we've done is we have allowed the pain that we, are, we have experienced to become more powerful than God. That's a powerful statement I just made right there. Some of you have allowed the pain of what you've experienced in life to literally become more powerful than God. Because Joseph understood that God can make you forget stuff, but we have so wallowed in our experience that we, will, we unseat God and say, this thing I went through is more powerful than God. Okay, it's quiet in here. I want you to understand that you will find hope if you can ever come to the place where you will allow God to help you forget what you've been through. Okay, I, I knew this was going to be tough because we never hear anybody teach this. Never. I've never in my life heard, I even called my dad and asked him because he's, he's older than I am. And, and I said, have you ever heard anybody teach this trait? Because we want to talk about the characteristics of God. We're supposed to be followers of God, right? We're following Jesus, right? And so we always want to talk about the attributes of Jesus and God and we're supposed to live those out, right? Come on, help me this morning, right? So we'll talk about his righteousness, so we're supposed to be righteous. Okay, I know, is that news? Okay, I didn't think it was. All right, help me this morning. We're, we will talk about his holiness, so we're supposed to be holy. We'll talk about his humility, so we're supposed to be humble. 
but we never talk about God's forgetfulness. So what happens is this. We go through a divorce, and it's painful, and we won't allow God to wipe our memories clean, and so then he sends us somebody that we probably were supposed to be with the first time anyway because we did the first one all by ourselves and didn't ask permission. We just asked for forgiveness, and now we're in it, and now God sends us someone, and we carry the pain of the last relationship into this God-sent relationship, and we destroy it simply because we wouldn't forget the pain of the past. I'm preaching right now. Financially, we go through hard, hard times financially and we barely have enough to get by. And because it was so painful, we won't allow God to wipe our memories clean. And, and so we're, we're living the rest of our life now that God has rescued us because the righteous have never forsaken or begging for bread. And all of a sudden, he, he steps in and he brings provision into our life. But we're so in pain by the hardships that we've gone through financially. Then when we talk about generosity, we don't respond. Because all we remember is the pain we went through financially. The abuse. It was uncalled for. It was brutal. And yet, we can't seem to forget. We won't allow allow God to wipe our memories. And we limp through life. What's the blank that I haven't hit for you? Maybe you haven't been divorced. Maybe you haven't been abused. Maybe you haven't experienced hardship in finances. Maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe, maybe it's a death. Maybe it's a broken. What is it? What is it that you've gone through that you go, man, I just I would be living in freedom, but 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 I can't because I can't. We never talk about the fact that we are supposed to be coded with forgetfulness. I realize that many of us struggle. Simply because we have the memory of an elephant. But I want to submit to you this morning that we have been called to have the mind of Christ, not the mind of an elephant. Don't get it twisted. What is his mind? I would submit to you this morning that thankfully that Christ and our Father, our Heavenly Father, is coded, they were coded with forgetfulness. One of the greatest coats we can learn to wear is the coat of forgetfulness. I I have the ability, if I choose, to forget. Okay, man, y'all are killing me. Help a brother out this morning. I know this is different, but I, I think it's different because we failed you. You know what we teach? You'll be able to forgive, but you won't ever be able to forget. Really? Where did that come from? I haven't found that in Scripture. What I found in Scripture was when Paul looks at it, it says, renew your mind. It means to give you a brand, new, um, a brand new mindset. You start all over. We get to hit the, the reset button. That means I have the ability to forget. That means I can forget the pain. That means you can do me wrong, and I have a choice. I can either have the mind of an elephant and go, I'll never forget what they did to me. Or I can have the mind of Christ and go, you know what? They really didn't know what they were doing. Does that sound familiar? Because isn't that what Jesus did when he was on the cross? He was so coated with forgetfulness and forgiveness in particular, but also forgetfulness that he could stand, hang there with everything that was going wrong and go, Father, forgive them. Don't even hold it against them. Just forget about it. 
That means I can forget the hurt. That means I can forget the look. That means you can intentionally destroy me and I can forget about it and love you. That means you can unintentionally hurt me and I can forget about it. See, we 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 got to allow our minds to be freed so that we can forget. We must allow that. Our, if we're not careful, we allow our minds to keep us bound and broken and hopeless. Forget it. Forget it. The enemy will keep us in a trap. He keeps us trapped by keeping us in a perpetual replay or rerun mode. We replay what they did to us. We rerun. It's like nobody really likes reruns, but we will rerun every day of our life. They did this to me. They said this to me. She looked at me like this. He walked out of my life. She hurt me. He lied about me. They badmouthed me. They treated me wrong. And we are trapped in this perpetual rerun, and we become incarcerated by our own memories. I want to say to you this morning that Paul said it is, po- it is possible to have a new mind. That means we can believe God for a new mind. Perhaps we don't want to forget. Perhaps we choose not to forget. All I know is that Scripture declares that the one that we trust and the one that we claim and the one that we worship, the Bible says that he has a great forgetter. He cast our sins into the sea of forgetfulness and yet I can't forget what happened to me in 1982 she was so mean to me I had I had this elementary school teacher that picked on little old me that's what we do we are to be coded with forgetfulness somehow Joseph was able to embrace the forgetfulness of God And while he meandered through memories, they keep us incapacitated and incarcerated because we can't deal with the memories of our life. I am challenging you this morning. If you're going to walk in the forgiveness that Pastor Woody talked about, you must also walk in forgetfulness because if you've truly forgiven, maybe there's the key. If you've truly forgiven, then you can forget. We need to go back and understand that Paul says, you, you'll remember, I, I read to you very first seri- series, Heart Attacks, first sermon. I read it to you. I haven't gone back and read it. I just alluded to it. It's in Romans chapter 15. I said to you that Paul says that we should be overflowing with hope. Everybody agree? We ought to be the most hope-filled people, right? Okay, great. That is true. But we forget We're good about forgetting some stuff and not so great about other things. We forget how Paul says we get to the hope. Okay. He prescribes the path for hope. It's found in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Here it is. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation, how many of you enjoy tribulation? Just want to make sure you understand the word. It's not good. Tribulation, not good. Okay, I just want to make sure. All right, knowing that tribulation works patience, patience brings experience, and experience produces hope. So in other words, what Paul is literally saying is the way to get to hope is you got to go through some junk. But you got to be able to go through the junk 
and forget the pain of the junk so that it will produce what it's supposed to produce in you, which is hope. So in other words, what I'm saying to you is all the stuff you've been through that causes you to struggle is not to cause you to struggle if you can forget the pain and remember the process. If you will get your eyes off the pain and forget how bad it hurt and realize that it could have been God sent, at least God allowed, to produce the path that will take you to hope. Okay, man. Joseph captured memories. And yet we are captured by memories. Because we don't understand and embrace the coat of forgetfulness that God wants to give us. You need to allow, hear me this morning, you need to allow God to help you forget what was done to you. So let me slide on since y'all are struggling with that one. I want you to notice that the order that Scripture says, it says that Joseph had two sons. He named the first Manasseh. God has made me forget. And then he has a second son, which he names Ephraim, which means... In this version I read to you, they translate it double prosperity. One version says, I'm naming my son Ephraim because he's made me doubly fruitful. So in other words, prosperity shows up after forgetfulness. Okay, I can't get no help in this Pentecostal house. We are fruitful because we are forgetful. Some of you think that you have been through, what you've been through is an indication that God has changed his mind about you. But the truth this morning is that the stuff that you've been through is not because he was going to change his mind. He was trying to change your mind. He allowed you to go through what you're going through so that you would learn to forget the pain and, and, and appreciate the process so that when your per perspective changed, you could look back on it and realize that as I forget the pain and I embrace the process, then in fact what has happened is he's made me prosperous. He did this for my good. The mind change that you embrace is what positions you for fruitfulness I want to submit to you this morning that it is time to allow the code of forgetfulness to free our minds so that we can experience the prosperity that is birthed in pain y'all missed that I want you to understand that our issue is that we think that prosperity is birth in ease and comfort and that is the breeding ground in which we find prosperity. But I want you to know the truth. The truth is, is that prosperity germinates in pain. You become doubly fruitful because you have walked through pain and it hasn't sidelined you. That's one why one guy said it like this. He says, the threshold to greatness is always how much pain you can endure. You will never be great unless you can endure pain and not wallow in the pain, but forget about the pain and understand that God's got me on this path and experience produces hope. Okay. All right. The reason that we do this, that we struggle with this truth, is because what I do, and I have a tendency to do this, and I know you do too, is I judge my life 
in comparison to the highlight reel of your life. Because all I see about you is what you put on Facebook, which is I'm going to be a millionaire. And my family's perfect, and my dog never uses the bathroom in my house. And my car never breaks down. And my cat comes on command. Come here, kitty. And he always comes to me every time. Every time. And my friends are always loyal. And my boss always loves me. And I'm always getting raises. And I'm always, that's the highlight reel. And if I'm not careful, what I do is I will compare my life to your highlight reel, never understanding that behind you on the editing room floor, there are cuts and splices and pain and trials and tribulations that you have walked through. And the only reason you get on Facebook and say, I'm fruitful, is because you were able to forget. So my question for you this morning is this. How can God prosper you? If you spend all your time trying to fight your way out of the fertilizer, it would take you to bloom. I realize that what you went through was painful and what you are going through is painful and it marks you. But the question is, can you forget it so that you can move forward in your, into your future? I want to leave you with this thought right here and then I'll get out of your way and we're going to pray for one another. And, uh, uh, one of the definitions of Ephraim that I prefer and I've already mentioned it, is that one translation says that Ephraim means doubly fruitful. I just want to pose this, this thought to you. Maybe Joseph was doubly fruitful because he was doubly forgetful. And maybe we don't prosper like God wants to prosper us because we are not coded like we should be in the ability to forget. So my question then is this, what do you need God to help you forget about? Joseph did not play this game where he goes, well, I didn't ever have a bad day. My life was perfect. Nobody ever hurt me. The fact is he was very honest and authentic. I've been through some hard times, and I suffered some hardships, and I've experienced sorrow. I'm not asking you to walk around here when we ask you how you're doing. Always go blessed. I'm so blessed. Never had a bad day in my life because that's a lie. I'm asking you to own the hardships and the sorrows that you've gone through. But I'm also asking you to grow up and mature enough to the point that you can say, I went through that stuff, but I'm not stuck there. And it hurt. But he's healed it. Last thing I'll say is this. In order for us to be hopeful, we must also be Forget fool. Get it? You understand it? I hope there are pictures going through your minds right now of people that you've held grudges against that have hurt you. Do you recognize this morning that if you are bound by the memories of what they did to you, the key word there was not memories, it was bound. You are literally bound. We have got to allow this characteristic, this attribute of our Father to become one of our attributes. And I can just be straight up honest with you. Most of us are not very good at this. Because we, we've been taught this. Learn me once. See, y'all don't even know. Y'all already starting to giggle because you know it. What is that birth out of? 
That's worth that of being able to remember. You saying I'm supposed to be naive and just let them hurt me over and over and over again? No, 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 no. But I am saying that you don't have to hold grudges. Somebody cannot speak to you on a Sunday morning when they should have spoken to you. And it had to be life ending. And people can walk out of your life. And you don't have to be bound by heartache and hardship and sorrow. In fact, you can become forgetful to the point that He can make you doubly fruitful. Some of you have been asking God to give you hope again. I want us to change our prayer this morning. I think what we need to do is we need to ask God to enable us to forget. Because forgetfulness precedes fruitfulness. And if we'd ever forget, Ephraim would move into our lives. I want you to stand with me this morning. You are coded with this preference. You are coded with His presence. You are coded with forgiveness. But you better be coded with forgetfulness. Because life is hard. And you're going to be given opportunities to hold grudges. And to be incarcerated by memories that have taken... You didn't choose what happened to you. But it happened to you. Now what the Holy Spirit wants to do is set you free to the point that you can remember it with no pain so that He can make you fruitful. Father, this morning I pray that we would be honest. I pray that we would be transparent. I pray that we would be authentic in this moment. I pray that like Joseph, we would be able to clearly declare we're not boasting in it. We don't like this fact, but the truth is is that we've been through some hardships we've spent some time in a land of sorrow but Father I pray this morning you would allow us to allow you to coat us with forgetfulness I pray in Jesus name this is how we're going to end this morning if you're here and you'd say Steve I have been through some hard stuff and I'm struggling I'm struggling to forget when I, rem- I I don't even want to remember but when I remember my mind is is so active and it's like a replay it's like a rerun and my heart is filled with pain if there's still pain there then the truth is you haven't forgotten because he can a- enable you to forget if that's you we will listen, I'm not about embarrassing you we all have things we need to to forget but I want to do it this way I want to ask you this morning to change how you've been praying because some of you have been praying get me through this God get me through this get me through this I want you to pray this morning I want you to allow this characteristic of the Father to come on you I want you to pray God help me to forget this give me a new mind he literally wants to hit the reset button and you get to start all over it's like a blank slate if that's you and you're struggling to forget this is how I want us to do this this morning. Would you come and find a place to pray? I'm not even saying anybody's ever going to come and lay hands on you. They might. I don't know. I just know this. You need some time with the Father and say, God, help me to forget. They hurt me. Help me to forget. Life dealt me a bad hand. Help me 
to forget the pain and have perspective? Is there one that would say, I am struggling to forget what's happened that would want to come and pray? Just find a place up here and pray. I've been hurt and I don't want to be hurt anymore. by the Holy Spirit if you feel led to come and pray for one of these would you It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.